us, is this the lunch loop? If so, um, we wish to cancel. Um, we do not wish to belong to that or to pay this anymore. Thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Lundloop Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about, I don't know, markets, um, money, that's right, and um, quiche recipes. No, life, the intersection of money, markets, and life. And this week we're going to do something a little bit different. You're not going to hear my loud mouth talk this whole time. Instead, earlier this week, I was fortunate enough to be a panelist, I guess you would call it a panelist, guest speaker, whatever, on a Spaces that was hosted by my friends Joe Fami and Jay Woods. Now, the reason for the Spaces was to interview Brian Shannon, who's another mutual friend of all of ours, about his fantastic new book, Maximum Trading Gains with Anchored VWAP. Now, if you don't know Brian Shannon, he is the axe. He is the guy, he's the OG FinTwit guy. He's the axe when it comes to VWAP, anchored VWAP, and he's got this brand, <coughs> excuse me, brand new book out. I have a copy right here. This is it right here. I was fortunate enough to get a early copy, and I'm just telling you, if you are interested in technical analysis, if you're interested in anchored VWAP, VWAP, uh, any other combination of P, A, W, and V, you need to get this book because not only is it a great book for traders, to learn about uh, a, a new take on technical analysis, a new approach using the VWAP, but it is so well written. I'll tell you, I've read a lot of books about trading, about the markets. I've read a lot of books about technical analysis. Most of them are pretty dry, pretty boring. You really have to be into technical analysis to get through them. Not this book. The way that this book is structured, it's like somebody actually said, hey, why don't I put some thought into this. Why don't I create an elegant, entertaining, fun book that also teaches you something? It's got fantastic quotes all throughout it. It's formatted in an easy to read uh, manner. You know, you've got nice drawings, nice illustrations, lots of bullet points. It's fantastic. So I highly recommend everybody going out and getting this. And as well as Brian's first book, it's fantastic as well. You can get them all on Amazon. You can get them on Apple Books. And just so you have some context here, so Joe and Jay started off the the spaces, and then we had a number of panelists, including myself. What I did just for um, just to be concise, the the whole spaces was an hour and a half, and you can go to Joe Fami's Twitter and listen to the whole thing if you want. But what I did is I went through and I edited it down to about 25, 27 minutes. And in order to do that, what I did is I just summarized some of the presenters' uh, questions really quickly, and then I edited together the parts that I thought were the most important, uh, the most salient. But uh, if you have the time, I totally encourage you to go listen to the full thing. But uh, this is a edited version. I am not a editor. <laughs> and we had uh, we had some issues with the, the spaces audio, but I think I did a pretty good job. I'm, I'm patting myself on the back here. So so please uh, uh, give me a break if, it's, uh, if there's a little bit of blips and blops here, but I think I got the best part of it here. And I think you can listen to it uh, in 25 minutes and get, get a good sense of about 75, 80% of what we talked about. So let's get to it. And going to tweet out that we're getting started. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm glad we get to uh, host our friend Brian Shannon here. And uh, 
Yeah, I had a little trouble logging in. That's just the boomer in me, I guess. Yeah, I see Brian Lund is here. Brian, how are you, buddy? Good. I, I didn't have any trouble logging in, but I think it's because I'm technically a Gen Xer. So. Yeah. Nice. So are we, but <laughs> we just like to joke a little bit. Uh, Brian, I, I thought you got mentioned in the book, uh, along with like everyone on FinTwit. That was quite an honor. Um, uh, what were your thoughts? I made a T-shirt out of it. I, I wear it all the time. My thoughts were <laughs> some of these books, especially on technical analysis, uh, they're very dry. They're very hard to get through. And I guess I shouldn't say I'm shocked because Brian's first book was well written too. But like, I've really enjoyed going through it. I told my subscribers the other day that I, I went through it the first time with a highlighter and I've just been highlighting areas that like, okay, I like that. I like, I need to go back into this. And I've been really uh, excited to go through it. And, and I don't, I haven't used VWAP anchored or otherwise in the past, although a lot of my subscribers do. So this is kind of, I'm learning it as, as we go, which is kind of exciting. Now that the pleasantries are out of the way, Brian kicks things off by explaining what the VWAP is, what the anchored VWAP is, and what the difference is between the two of them. Yeah, sure. So just for those who are here real quick, just to say, you know, what's the difference between VWAP and anchored VWAP, AVWAP? Um, you know, the, the VWAP volume weighted average price, it's just the average price that the stock transacted over a period of time uh, weighted by volume. We're all used to using, you know, simple moving averages or exponential moving averages, and those are weighted by time. The time component is important because everyone else uses a 50-day moving average or a 200-day moving average. But it's really only important because that's what people have you know, come to agreement that it is important. Whereas the volume-weighted average price tells us the truth of price. What is the actual price that this traded at to the penny during this period of time, the average price. It's very similar to the dollar cost average. Your dollar cost average, if you buy $1,000 worth of stock every month for 12 months, your dollar cost average at the end of the year is basically your volume-weighted average price because some months you buy three shares when the stock is high-priced and when the stock gets hit, you buy five shares. Um, and so you want to know what's your average price paid for each of those shares. So it's the volume-weighted average price. And it, in 1988 is when it was first invented. So anyways, uh, the, the difference between the two is VWAP is for one day the volume-weighted average price, the anchored volume-weighted average price is where you measure from any point other than the beginning of one day. You could measure from the 11.36 a.m. low or the 2.38 p.m. high, and you're anchoring to that higher low for that day. Or you could anchor, you know, time-based, uh, week to date, month to date, year to date, or anchoring from a specific event like an earnings report, an IPO, or a Federal Reserve meeting, or swing highs and swing lows. So, that's you know what it what allows us to do is to say with 100% accuracy who's in control from that point where you begin the measurement there's nothing subjective about reading it from that point the subjective part is you know where do i anchor it from and that's something i have really you know spent a lot of time talking about in the book is what are the key places to anchor from um what is your pushback to to the people that you know may not understand it and utilize it the way you do as far as your anchoring process goes. 
I would say that, you know, it's uncanny how accurate it can be. And, you know, can be versus is, there's a big difference. I mean, it is accurate to some points, but it's a level of interest, as you just said, not necessarily an action point. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a signal. It's, it's something that tells us, here's where we want to, you know, look at the price action more carefully. It doesn't mean buy here or sell short here, but drill down to a shorter term time frame. It's all about anticipate where the crowd might revalue what you know their their opinion of, of of the market and where it has the potential to become resistance. So a lot of people say, hey, we have resistance at this level or we have support at this level. And we only know after the fact, we know even with traditional support and resistance or Fibonacci or moving average, it's a potential level of support. So it becomes a level of interest to look for evidence so that once we have that evidence, now we're anticipating that it might become support. We wait for the actual evidence before we participate and put our hard-earned money at risk and then manage risk. I mean, it's always, it's all the same. It, it never changes. Next, Brian gets a question about using buy stops and how he monitors the VWAP during the course of the day. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. That, that's a great question because I've never used a buy stop in my life and, and it's not something I ever intend to use. What I do instead, Jay, is, it, 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 and I have no problem with them. What I do yeah. though is, is I set a lot of alerts. So if I think, say, you know, let's say I'm looking at a stock and I think that, you know, let's say that I, I think the NASDAQ is going to come down and touch the anchored VWAP from the beginning of the year at 11,926. Or if we just, you know, if we, you know, convert it over to the Qs because the Qs are tradable, the NDX isn't, that's basically 291. So what I might do is I might set an alert at 291.50. And when it gets to 291.50, it tells me it's closing in on that level. And that's a level where the 200-day moving average is as well. So I want to start paying more careful attention. If I have a short position, I want to start ratcheting my stop down tighter. Um, and that's the first thing is when it approaches that level, I want to, you know, exit any current position I have that might be in, in anticipation of falling to that level. So I'll start to tighten my stop as it gets down there. Maybe I'll, you know, I'll set my stop and be distracted and maybe reset my alert at 290.25 or something like that. So I'm simply, you know, I don't want to turn the control over to the computer because I'm sitting here in front of the computer all day, except, you know, when times when I'm away from it, I don't enter positions, um, but I will set, you know, just protective stops. So I never use a stop to enter a trade only to exit a trade to, to protect what I have going on. In this next section, Brian talks about fine-tuning the VWAP to find those entry and exit points. Favorite is probably, you know, it's first, it's, I'm a swing trader first. So what I like is a stock that's trending. So let's say it's above the year-to-date anchored volume-weighted average price, and it's pulled back and it started to form support there. And maybe the most recent high was four or five days ago. And, you know, I want to understand the psychology of, of the participants from that high. Is it, you know, are the sellers really aggressive and going to take control and maintain that control? So as long as it's below the, uh, the AVWAP from the high four days ago, to me it says, 
it's still too early to buy this because the sellers are in control. Maybe shorts are trying to wrestle control of this thing. The buyers haven't stepped up and, you know, it's starting to stabilize maybe on that year to date anchored VWAP, but it, it hasn't proven that the buyers are in control yet. So I want to look to that shorter term timeframe and see that anchored VWAP from four days ago, get tested from the underside, get rejected, come up and test it again, and then break above it. And and that tells me when it breaks above it, that the shorts who were involved from that high four days ago are now on balance losing money. I know this 100% factually because it's the volume weighted average price from that point, and that the average dip buyer at this point has is now in, in the money. And, and as I always say, I don't want to buy the dip. In fact, you know, there was a chapter, as you know, you know, don't buy the dip, don't short the breakdown, don't buy, don't buy the breakout and don't short the breakdown. So it's, you know, I like to buy strength after the pullback. And once I know for fact that the buyers are in control, it doesn't mean they're going to maintain control, but it tells us. 100% unbiased that the buyers are in control. It's now their game to lose. So when I buy there, I'm on the winning team from the longer term time frame. And now that shorter term trend alignment, like my first book was about, now tells us factually that they're in control on both time frames. So I want to participate in that. It takes the guesswork out of uh, when the buyers or sellers you know, have control or, or losing control or have lost it. Next, Brian gets really granular about breaking down where to put anchor points on the SPX chart from February 21st. You know, I, I'm a big fan of uh, highs and lows. Like even, you know, like we started out the conversation, you know, if you're looking at, let's say, the S&P for today, um, you can anchor a volume weighted average. I'm, I'm sorry, let me just pull up the SPY. I'll pull up a one minute chart as I'm talking about this. And. I haven't done this exercise today, but if you took an anchored volume weighted average price from the very beginning of the day, the market gapped lower, it rallied, and then at, um, you know, and this is chase the gap or wait for VWAP, uh, at 403.53, it broke below it. Uh, that was the price, and it was 9.48 a.m. And from there, it got trapped below it for the rest of the day. Um, and then, you know, it rallied up and made an important high at uh it just fell short of the anchored uh, the daily vwap and at 10:44 a.m. you know it had rallied a dollar or so and then failed so i you know just now put an anch uh, anchored one to that and you'll see that the highs at one o'clock eastern to 104 106 eastern were congregated exactly at that volume weighted average price anchored to the 10:44 a.m little peak. So, you know, these little, from those highs, they often become resistance later in the day. And then you can look at it and say, well, what about from the, uh, you know, we, we rallied up at 10, 1234 AM, we started to rally up. So, and, and then it touched that VWAP from the 1044 AM. And I'll, I'll post this chart in a minute as well. But then it, it, it stayed above that VWAP from the 1244 low until 
110 p.m. and then it broke below it. So, so to short as it breaks below that low with a stop above that little previous high. In other words, you can you know if you add it to the the key highs and lows throughout the day, you'll see that they often get respected almost to the exact point. Um, and and when it you know so as it bounces from 12:44 34 a.m. The buyers were in control for about 35 minutes, and we knew as for a fact on that candle at 1.10 p.m., the sellers took back control from the lowest point of the day. So it said the sellers are in control for the day, and now from that bounce point, the average person who thought that was a low, the average participant is now losing money. So either they're going to continue to lose a lot of money or they're going to start you know, spitting this out and shorts are going to put pressure on it. So there was a beautiful short there where it made a, you know, real nice pattern of lower highs and lower lows uh, until about two thirty. So yeah, it's, it's the beauty of it is, and, and this is with all technical analysis is that it's fractal, the fractal nature, meaning that, you know, it occurs on one time frame. the same things you learn on one time frame are applicable on every other time frame. The trick though is, you know, when you're looking at a two-minute chart, and this is what newer traders want to be day traders, and they're looking at a two-minute chart, and they can't they can't see this stuff develop in real time because they're they're trying to run before they've ever crawled. And of course you're gonna fall down and 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 get a bloody nose and stub your toes in that and get hurt. You've got to learn it on the slower time frames first and then graduate to shorter and shorter time frames. All right, excellent stuff. No um, I, I want to bring up uh, someone that you thanked on page 226, Mr. Brian Lund. Uh, Brian has been, you know, God, a good friend of yours for how long, Brian? How long have you known Brian Shannon, Mr. Lund? I don't know. We met, uh, what, at uh, Oktoberfest maybe in 2007, 2008, something like that, Brian? Does that sound right? That sounds about right. Yeah, it's been a while. it's been quite a long time. Yeah, uh, and we and we've got a, we've got a lot of similar things. I mean, we both. I started full time in '91. I think you started around there. You're the, basically you're 55 years of age as well. Um, so yeah, we've got a lot in common, really, with, with similar career paths. Yeah, everyone out there should watch for the Brian and Brian show, which will be coming out soon. So, uh, look, I want to mention something first that Jack talked about. Uh, just one of the things, this is I, what I love about the book is the, the quotes. Um, I love quotes in books to start with. And you've got these fantastic yeah. quotes uh, from everyone from Benjamin Graham to Bruce Lee to uh, Barry Ritholtz. So I think that really adds to the fun of the book. But so let me ask you this question. Whenever I'm talking about technical analysis, I'm always trying to picture the 18 year old me in 1985, trying to figure out what technical analysis is always about. And if you go to like Thinkorswim or any of these platforms, they've got at least 300 different, you know, studies or um, indicators, and they're all basically some version of time, volume, um, price. And I think a lot of newbies or a lot of people that are trying to learn technical analysis, they go, well, why is this one any better than this one? Because it's just a different way of uh, organizing time and price. So you do a really good job in talking about the underlying concept that I, that I feel, at least I think my understanding is that, that makes VWAP work. And it's the parent-child order process uh, that the institutions use when they're trying to uh, move size over time. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that, the actual mechanics of that, and then how that plays into the, uh, the, the VWAP indicator. 
Yeah. So uh, great question. Um, you know, it, the, the reason institutions use the volume weighted average price or anchored VWAP is, is twofold. One, they want to, you know, they want to fill their order at at least, you know, the price that a naive trader could expect to obtain. That's kind of what the uh, original uh, publishers of the first article about it is, you know, the price a naive trader could expect to, to get, that volume-weighted average price. So the, the institution wants to get that price. And they realize that if they go in and, you know, they've got a half million share order to buy something, if they go in at the open and say, hey, I'm just going to buy it, well, they're going to gap the stock way up and it's probably going to sell off for the rest of the day. And they will have paid, you know, near the high of the day. So they don't want to have market impact cost. They don't want to move the stock adversely and end up paying a greater price than they wanted to because they were sloppy and, and you know, broadcasting. They were playing with their cards up on the table. So instead, they want to cut their orders into smaller pieces. So they'll take that order and they'll say, I want to sneak my order in so nobody notices. I don't want to have that market impact cost. I want to uh, do a, basically a volume participation order where I'm going to buy 500,000 shares today. And in the first five minutes of the day, you know, 500,000, 5% of the average daily volume typically takes place. So they'll say, well, we've got to buy 5% of that. So in the first five minute time bucket, time increment, their program is set to buy. 25,000 shares. And they want to do that as close to the to the VWAP for those five minutes. In the second five-minute bucket, they will say, okay, you know, typically that's 3%. So we have to buy 15,000 shares, and we want to buy as close to the VWAP for that 15-minute, for that five-minute period, and make sure that the orders from the first five minutes and the second five minutes are close to the VWAP for the day so far, 10 minutes in. That process repeats throughout the day. So as we know, when you look at a chart, it has that U-shaped volume where, I'm just going to make this up, Jay would probably know better, uh, you know, maybe in the first hour and a half of the day, you know, 28% of the volume is done. Then it kind of slows down and, you know, we see that trough during the middle of the day. And then, you know, they kind of look at their order, they readjust their uh, algorithms and, you know, say, hey, we're this far behind VWAP so far, we've got to make sure we adjust our, you know, order this way or that way. Um, and then they'll, you know, they'll continue to do the rest of that order. So let's say the final 20 minutes does another 30% of the trading volume for that day. Well, they'll buy 20% of their volume in that final 20 minutes because that's how they don't impact the market and try to get as you know have the best odds of getting as close to the VWAP for that period so they're you know buying these little increments and saying if we can participate in these little time buckets by the end of the day we should be close to the true volume weighted average price for the day and 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 those orders you know that might be for one day i in part of learning all this i i learned it by speaking to people like jay by speaking to people like tommy thornton who used to work at a hedge fund where you know his his fund was doing you know hundreds of millions of shares uh, of volume uh, you know a month and they would 
you know, he told me for a fact, he said, Brian, you know, when we did, you know, when a Fed announcement came out, we would then put in an order and say, we want to buy for the next 15 minutes. Uh, we we want to buy half a million shares of the SPY. We don't want to do more than 5% of the volume. And we want guaranteed VWAP. And they would send that order into their broker. I, I mean, so these orders get kind of crazy. And you, you would be really, you know, it's really surprising the short-term nature of some of the longer-term um, capital accounts. It's, it's it, how it all flows together. It's just really fascinating how you can learn how supply and demand goes through the fund managers and how they move around that so we can use that information to, uh, you know, anticipate their moves. Yeah, it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a great way, I think, for the, the retail trader to kind of draft or at least take advantage of the big movements that the institutional players are doing. And um, I, I just, th when I read that part, even though I knew it, uh, you know, obviously I knew it instinctually as, as you broke it down in the, in the book, it's just, oh, it's like an aha moment. And then that matches so well with the calculation of VWAP. So um, yeah, that's great. Thanks so much, Brian. Yeah. And finally, Brian gets into some of the platforms where you can find VWAP and which ones are his favorites. And, and I'll take that as an opportunity, actually, just real quick to, to, to say, you know, a lot of people say, well, where do I find the anchored VWAP? And there's a lot of places that offer the anchored volume weighted average price as a study. One of those, uh, you know, the one that I use the most and, and the one that really helps put the anchored VWAP on the map is TC2000. Without them, this this whole anchored VWAP would have never really taken off. Um, they put it on at my request in 2015, and so I'm loyal to them. Um, TradingView has an amazing uh, – they have probably the second most user-friendly version of the anchored VWAP because you can set it and if you miss where you wanted to set it you can move it around a little bit um, and they have a free version as well so you don't have to even pay for this people are always saying well how do I find this on thinkorswim people have been you know asking tens of thousands of people I know for a fact have been asked thinkorswim can we get a point and click anchored VWAP and they're not doing it. They're saying, well, we're still integrating with Schwab. Well, that takeover was two years ago. I mean, if, they're, if they were going to do it, they were going to do it by now. But, you know, so go to TradingView, sign up for a free account, and you can find the anchored view app. You've got TrendSpider. You've got, uh, um, you've got dozens of them, over a dozen of them now. Um, Optima, um, uh, stock charts has a great uh, yep. version of it as well. Probably they're probably number three on my list. Um, simply because if you click, there's there's a little buggy thing about it, but they're number. So I would say for me, it's TC two thousand, and then Trading View, then uh, stock charts, then maybe Trend Spider. And there you have it. That's the edited version of the VWAP spaces, like I mentioned before. Uh, if you want to listen to the whole thing, it's about an hour and a half, and you can go to Joe Fami's Twitter feed. Uh, there's a recording of it there. I just want to emphasize, if you don't have this book, it is a fantastic book. Uh, I've written a lot of stuff over the years, probably over a million words, and writing is not hard, but writing well is really hard. And this book is written so well. It's 
it not only is informative about technical analysis about VWAP, but it's actually kind of fun to read. There's lots of really cool quotations in there. It's organized in a really logical way. Um, you can tell that there was some thought put into it. It's very elegant the way the book was written. So I highly recommend this book. It's out there. You can get it from Amazon. You can get it from Apple Books. Uh, just Google it. You'll find it. And um, that's it. So I will see you next time on the Lund Loop Podcast. Um. I would like to repeat that want to be canceled from the Lund Loop, whatever you've got me on. Um, if you wish to call and explain what it is, uh, actually, uh, forget that. Well, that's it for this episode. If you got any questions, hit me up at Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at thelunloop.com. I'll see you next time. Bye.